Welcome back to a very special edition of the Panther Pit Box. I'm your host, Craig Bardo, and with me today in the Media Center at Atlanta Motor Speedway is Doug Turnbull. Thanks for coming on to the podcast today. Hey, it's good to be on. I think I was with some of your classmates, or I guess they may not be your classmates now, but with you guys a couple years ago, uh, back before COVID here. So it's good to have everything back open. What that? Tell us 2019. So it's good to have <laughs> yeah, everything back open. Second. Yeah, I mean, gosh. Yeah, you probably, what, what 2019? What, what grade I was you a in? freshman then. Oh, you were still yeah. in high school then, so maybe maybe you technically could have been some of your classmates, but yeah. good to be here with you. Yeah, some of you may know Doug as the eye in the sky on your morning commute as he provides traffic reports for WSB-TV. When he's not overhead, his feet are planted firmly in NASCAR. He hosts the weekly 5 to Go podcast and provides live reports from the pit road for PRN. Anyways, Doug, how did you get into radio broadcasting as a thing? <laughs> It's a crazy story, and this is something I think anybody listening here can learn from. I didn't get into this by having a tremendous amount of talent. I don't think I do. I, I did. I wasn't some, you know, like Jeff Gordon, you know, wowing Rick Hendrick in a bush car or something in 1991. Or there's nothing like that. It was basically um, I. Uh, my mom knew somebody that knew Captain Herb Emery, who anchored the traffic coverage on our radio station, WSB Radio 95.5 FM, for over two decades. She knew somebody that knew him, and she knew I was in NASCAR, and that he hosted a NASCAR show, and just that he, he could, you know. And, and she just said it. And I was still in high school, so I was senior yeah. in high school. Are you, I guess you're a senior now. Yeah. So I was senior in high school, similar age, right? And she sent an email to him and said, my son is interested in XYZ, and instead of just ignoring it like most people in broadcasting would, or just saying, oh, that's good, tell him to stick with it, he goes, all right, have him come on down. Yeah, that's how he spoke. All right, and gave his cell phone number to her to give to some random high schooler to call him. That's legitimately really but, cool. Right, but, but even still, that's never a guarantee. I, can give my, I can't guarantee people jobs. I mean, I hire for, for our station now, and I don't, can't guarantee people jobs. But he met me at WSB three days after I graduated high school. Three days after I graduated and made me an intern that day, which also is not within the framework of the rules, just to be clear. And it's not because I'm talented or sent him a demo or did any of the stuff that people do. Right. I mean, I didn't even know I wanted to do that. All right. I mean, I, I like broadcasting, but, but, but he and I really hit it off doing what? Talking NASCAR. Cool. We talked specifically, and this may be over your head here. I see you got a McLaren hat on, so you may be more F1 focused. Both. I'm getting into NASCAR. Oh, good, good. Well, we talked specifically about the 1992 Hooters 500, which is a um, marquee race in the history of Atlanta Motor Speedway. It was Jeff Gordon's first start. It was Richard Petty's last start. And the end of that race came down to Alan Kowicki, uh, an underdog driver, leading one more lap than hometown driver Bill Elliott and winning the overall championship. It was insane. That's crazy. And I didn't watch it. I didn't grow. I, I only had liked NASCAR for a few years at that point in my life. So I, I just knew about it because I was obsessed with the sport. And he and I sat down and had lunch at WSB in Midtown. And I think the fact that I knew about that race, he said, oh, okay, we could. <laughs> and so he marched me down to security, got me a badge. And literally my badge, although I've replaced it a few times, is the same picture of me on May 25th, 2004. So I've been here 18 years. And the way I really got into the racing side is Captain Herb had a racing show on the weekends. And I volunteered with that, too. I mean, I was a free intern. Those don't exist anymore at WSB. And I was free just coming in on the weekends and helping his racing show. And that's how 
all this happened. And now I'm on Performance Racing Network. That was also just being connected with the racing podcast, right. or the, the uh, racing show. It was on the radio. And the PRN guys, uh, Mark Garrow and Doug Rice, were on here, or on that podcast, or sorry, were on that radio show with us. And that's how they got to know me and eventually led to this opportunity. So just say yes to everything. I mean, nothing yeah. impressive. But say, just don't be afraid to say yes. And don't be afraid to do stuff for free to try to make it. Yeah, don't turn down an opportunity. Exactly. That's better said by you. Yes. <laughs> right. Works both ways. Yeah. And did you you always grew up around Atlanta area? Yeah. Georgia? Uh, I'm from North DeKalb County. I went to Lakeside High School. I went to Georgia State University. So my first four years working WSB, I was literally working morning drive and then driving down the road and sleeping through a lot of classes, frankly. But I graduated, got good grades. So I'm from Atlanta, born and bred. I love the city, and I love that I get to help give back to this city. I mean, it's a for-profit job, sure. I get paid, but getting to do traffic and the WSB Skycopter for our listeners on WSB radio and TV and on social media and everything is a real honor. And getting to do that in the footsteps of Captain Herb is, too. Yeah, that's really cool. What's it? What's it like getting up there in the helicopter and watching traffic? <laughs> it's awesome. I, I mean, it's easy for it to become just another thing. Like a race car driver here might think that's just another job too. But it. it I, let me put it this way: two weeks ago to the day that we're recording this, this is the Friday before the Sunday race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was here at the track, and we had a special media thing, and we got to drive in the Rusty Wallace racing experience, and I got to drive a race car, and that that's was pretty sick. cool. I got to say, it didn't blow my mind. Mm-hmm. It didn't go. I didn't. It wasn't like some spiritual thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh man, it's pretty cool. And, and I did it successfully. And I was honestly more impressed that I could drive a stick, which I didn't know how to do. <laughs> so I was, I was impressed. I figured that out. But then right after that, I went. Not two hours later, I was in a helicopter, and mm-hmm. I was thinking, in the same day, because of my job, basically, I got to drive a race car and fl- and ride. I'm not a pilot. Ride in a helicopter. Okay. That's that's crazy. That's, that's cool. Sounds fun. And so it's and that, that to me, it's things like that to put it in perspective how rare both of those are. So I, I love getting to do it. Atlanta is a beautiful city. It's been really interesting to see it grow out. And even though we have all this technology, there's still a very high importance of having humans that are reporting on traffic using all the technology yeah. but also humans that are actually looking at what's going on and not just seeing social media posts and robot generated info basically right. which is nice yeah also to so, get somebody to relate to on the radio i think it's crucial here in atlanta seeing this city really grow i mean i started to, this is already a big city in 2004 when i started yeah so seeing all these different things build up seeing the city continue to sprawl more and then seeing the traffic patterns change and now what we're dealing with after COVID-19 is the shutdowns are over but it's traffic has not returned even though it feels like 2019 again right now traffic hasn't returned to that level but it's not like it all went away it's just kind of stuffed in different boxes and and we're seeing people travel a lot more in the middle of the day maybe you work maybe somebody works at home yeah. it doesn't mean they never go driving they're not quarantining <laughs> so yeah. they're going somewhere they're taking kids to soccer practice they're going to the store they're going out to eat so it's a lot less predictable now and i think that makes having human humans and experts on our traffic team at wsb at 95.5 fm uh, watching the ride even more important because 
it, it, it's so unpredictable what happens out there. Just like these races, they can run all these races in simulators and have an exact idea of what they think is going to happen on the right. track. They cannot predict Eric Jones spinning out with five laps to go. Yeah. The, the, that stuff you just cannot predict in Atlanta traffic. I mean, you you experience it. I'm sure being a senior, you've probably been out driving. Like it's. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's real. I've been to three and a half. Plenty of doctor appointments coming back towards like around five o'clock. It's crazy. Oh, it, it is, and it's all times of day. It can be crazy. Saturdays yeah. at two p.m. are crazy. There's always some random wreck somewhere. And and you guys, I mean, even even in Fayette County here, I mean, you're not right on the interstate, so we don't talk a lot about Fayette County traffic patterns unless there's like a big wreck on Highway 74 or Highway 85 or something. But, yeah, you all deal with a ton of it, too, in Fayetteville, Peachtree City. Yeah. Anyways, um, turn in our thoughts towards NASCAR and the race upcoming for this weekend. Um, they've repaved the track. They're turning it into... What they said is similar to Talladega and Daytona in the idea of it. They want it to be more like a super speedway. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think it's going to look like? <laughs> well, I've really been trying to get a feel. So they announced this last July. And when you watch, and I was here at the press conference. And when they played the simulation from iRacing, and that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. It was at least a two-wide pack all drafting together just like Daytona Talladega. Just like we saw, if some of y'all are new to racing, maybe just started watching this year, just like we saw a month ago in the Daytona 500. But drivers have said a lot of different things. So I came, so the first of all, drivers were in an uproar about changing beautiful Atlanta. They loved how this track raced before, which was really drivers spread out and then finding their right lane and then switching lanes as their tires wore out. But that so that doesn't pass the eye test. And what we've seen is a lot of racing this NASCAR season, especially the first three points races of the year, a lot of racing past the excitement or the eye test. So that's what NASCAR is going for, or really what the Speedway Motorsports Incorporated people that own the track are going for. Yeah. They want to have the first ever super speedway inside of a track that's a whole mile shorter, a mile and a half. So they pretty much said it without saying it in that press conference, and then they have said it since then. The drivers have very mixed ideas of what they're going to see. Not very many people have driven it. There was a Cup Series test here back in the first week of January that had Ross Chastain, Kurt Busch, and Chris Buescher. They've also had different drivers and unannounced tests that the media has not been invited to drive a test race cars that, that are built differently, that are made by the manufacturers. And I can't. And and at the January test though, Busher, Bush, and Chastain all said they felt it was going to race at least similar to Super Speedway. But I think with this being new pavement, a narrower racing groove, and the track being shorter, I think the drivers feel like the pack's going to break up a little bit. But we have no idea. We had no idea what we were going to see in California two weeks ago. Right. There, there were rumors this car was just going to fall into a bucket of bolts or all this stuff. And you just you've got to run the races to see, just like I said before. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. You think we'll see like maybe more wrecks because like we've got this sh- much shorter track and they're going much faster. I'm thinking wrecks might be increased a tiny bit. I don't know how. Cause yeah, you said tracks thinner. Right. Putting it closer together in different packs, but still. Right. And there are other tracks that are in a similar. I mean, I think Charlotte is a similar racing size groove. I think even parts of Daytona are a similar size groove. So, I mean, I think that anytime there's a chance of pack, I think if they stay in a pack, there will be more wrecks. If they get spread out just a little bit, and they're all hit, they're running a super speedway package. So that's what they're going for. There's, yeah. there's no secret here. They're going for the super speedway vibe. But. If they get spread out a little bit and they're all just fighting to stay on the bottom groove and they're running wide open around here, maybe lifted a little bit in the turns, that's probably not going to produce a lot of wrecks. 
Yeah. But but there's no I don't know how that's going to be. If these cars are choked down enough to where they could stay too wide, they, I mean they're going to race into pack, and then as soon as somebody blinks their eyes, you know, <laughs> there's yeah. going to be problems. So uh, one thing that'll be a big difference, to, or I'll p- point out two big differences to the naked eye. You don't have to be an expert about racing to care about this or not. Is it's not going to be spread out with people with six, seven, eight le- second leads, and you know only 15 cars in the lead lap. I don't think that's going to happen. And number two, they're not going to go and change four tires every time they pit. This is brand new pavement. This is not like a cheese grater on rubber. Yeah. They, they, they are going to, you're going to see a lot of two-tire stops, and, and I'm sure sometimes when they take fuel only or stay out to gain track position, and I do think track position here is going to be more vital than a Daytona and Talladega. Yeah, because at Daytona and Talladega, you got a lot more track for people to wait their pit stop out on, uh, but you don't have that really grace period to yeah. wait longer. I think if you lose the draft here, you see them get lapped pretty quickly at Daytona Talladega. Imagine losing the draft. I mean, you know, the BJ McLeod, Cody Ware cars, right? Uh, maybe even Spire Motorsports will go right in the back. If you ride in the back here and lose the main draft, if they indeed stay in a pack, I think you're going to get lapped pretty quickly. The pack, if they are able to stay drafting together, three cars, those three that I told you before tested, were able to run one second faster. That's a, that's a huge amount of time in NASCAR. Yeah. They were able to run one second faster, three of them versus a single car run. So you imagine that a 37 car pack, when this race will start, it'll have 37 cars. 37 cars is is going to run a heck of a lot faster than one car. And if you lose the draft here, have a bad pit stop or whatever, right? Not good. Going to be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. I'll be in the pits on for PRN. I'll be. Uh, we'll be divided, the way we work is we divide pit road into three sections, so I'll have pit in is what it's called, the first section of pit road. I don't know which drivers that's going to be yet, uh, that's all been not, not been determined just yet, but uh, so what, what, and what we do, by the way, and those, you know, for those maybe interested, since you mentioned I do PRN and, and I just brought it up, is for those drivers, I'm scanning, I have my scanner set just to listen to the, that set of you know, 10 or 12 drivers. Yeah. And we, we listen for, of course, the main drivers we care about, the ones that are running close to the front, and we just listen for any problems. And then when they pit, you're covering the details of their pit stops and the adjustments they make. And a lot of times, the most exciting thing is when you realize they have a problem. You tune into their radio, you run down to their pit box, try to cool, ask yeah. team members. And so it really is, it's, it is reporting. You know, it's not just trying to paint this sport in a positive light or something. It really is reporting. It's, yeah. And it's very similar to what we do at traffic, it's too. It's a lot more fast-paced. Like, traffic and this is very fast-paced yeah. reporting. You're getting the information in and out as fast as possible. Yeah. Which I'm going to experience firsthand, as you will, again, uh, this upcoming uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, just, it's a shame that the track activity as we record right now has been has been a can because they, I'm glad they called it early, and that means these teams are going to be even more scratching their heads because they're not going to get as much or any dependent on the series practice time um, that these these coming you know th- these coming days and just to be able to imagine go out you got in the Cup Series you got a, a brand new car but even in the Xfinity of Truck Series you go out you really don't know what to expect you barely practice green flag <laughs> yep so that's gonna be interesting yeah all right and uh, so we got the new track got all this new stuff that's gonna happen how do you think that's gonna attend or impact fan attendance this weekend. Do you think we're going to get a lot of more people? Do you think people aren't going to like it? Uh, I mean, logic would say that more people would come. I think the weather is actually going to play more of a factor yeah. in a good way. I mean, today is not a day that fans really <laughs> yeah. get. There's three practice sessions today, three hours of practice. You're not packing the grandstands for Obviously, that. Obviously, yeah. But a lot of people are coming to camp out. 
And I, so I got here this morning at about about 10:30, and I uh, and the credentials trailer wasn't open yet. I was disappointed, <laughs> but I got here this morning at 10:30, and so I drove around to the gift shop and to the uh, and to where the ticket office is. And I went inside, and I was surprised to see the line was seven or eight deep. All right. People, and I think that's will call. I think these people already bought their tickets, and and people that are coming to camp and they're you know getting set up for the weekend. And I and every I talked to maybe four people, and I said, "Hey, is this your first race back from COVID? How does the new track impact?" They, they were going to be here anyway. They, these were diehard race fans. Uh, I think the casual race fan that may have caught that LA Coliseum Bush Clash, and then an exciting Daytona 500, and you know, I mean, maybe they they caught some other stuff on social media of what happened in Vegas or California, and then they heard, "Oh, the track change." I think it's going to be the casual fan, maybe someone like you, man, that's that's just getting into it. That's more likely to come down and buy a fifty-nine dollar ticket. Yeah, one hundred percent. The 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 diehards are out here Friday. That this change in the track, I don't think, is moving the needle for them. It's just making them more excited to come. Yeah, which would be cool. Uh, see a lot of new fans. Hopefully, like like I said, a lot of old returning fans. Hopefully, stadium's packed. I hope so. Yeah, and I mean, look. A sellout, I don't think, is necessarily the goal. I think one of the big goals is to make sure this campground's packed. Up. You know, they've got they they've got a lot of the fan activities are centered on what can be done in the campgrounds, from movie nights and concerts, uh, something in the infield here called the Peach Pit, where it's just gonna be a big party. Every you know, this is above high school age here, but I, what I'm told is they have the bike bars. Have you seen those in other cities? Where nice. People ride the bikes. Yeah, you know, like you know, I have the drinking on the bikes and stuff. Like they got all this kind of. They're pulling out all the stops because when you come for the weekend, it's not just a bunch of racing nerds like me that just only care about fast cars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they come for the party. So I, with the coronavirus protocols in the last three race weekends they've had here, there's been some limit to different types of camping. Yeah. And we went from having almost no camping and no one in the infield and no fans to having it in certain sections, and now it's wide open. So that's where I think the biggest impact as far as the return is going to be. And fans are going to get to interact with drivers now. Yeah. That that was not a thing. E- even the July race last year, there were not many driver appearances that I remember. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, should be exciting. Anyways, um, thank you for your time. Thanks for joining me today on the podcast. It's been cool to have you. Cool to have somebody with a lot of experience in uh, pretty much this field of journalism talking about it with me um it's good to be here man and i look my first time down here was 2004 uh let's see october to may so that's what uh 10 to 5 five months after i graduated high school all right that's crazy. and i've come down to every atlanta motor speedway race since then and i've been to a few races before that too but i've come to everyone since then so you know the the for anybody listening if anybody's you know classmates here craig or whoever i mean you the, the, the future is now. You know, the, the, the world is flat when it comes to what the internet allows you to be able to do from podcasting to, to blogging, if, you, if you're a writer, to, of course, videos and influence in the social media. You know, if you want to start making inroads in that, whatever field it is, you can start right now. You don't need to wait to get, like, an official check yeah. or something to come to a track. And a lot of tracks are craving people to come cover it. There is a little more demand this year because there's more buzz about NASCAR, but you, you could start making inroads in whatever that career field is now. Awesome. Good to hear. Anyways, um, be sure to check uh, Doug's 5 to Go podcast. Um, and I've been Craig Bardo. This was from the Panther Pit Box. Be sure to keep checking out the ParlorNews.org all weekend long for continued updates on Atlanta Motor Speedway and the races.